welcome, welcome to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad DeMarc, and I will once again be flying solo as the the dog days of summer are here and everyone is extremely busy. Mr. Brown just came back from Lake Erie. Canadian Biggie's doing the McQuaid softball invitation or whatever it is up in North Dakota. There's been a lot of stuff going on and we got plenty to talk about. So we'll get right to it. Pitter-patter, let's get at her. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We're going to start off by hitting the week that was. And there was a lot of interesting things that happened. And, oh, I don't know, maybe NBA free agency. But you know what? That's such a big topic. We're going to save that for our big, big discussion, which I'm really just talking to myself since I don't have anybody else to talk to. So, Hold on, we're going to get to all the NBA stuff, but before we do that, we're going to hit a hot and heavy. Major League Baseball announced the rosters for the All-Star Game, the 90th All-Star Game, which if you ask me is by far the single best All-Star exhibition in all of sports, and we get to have that on July 9th in Cleveland. And you know what? This is a record. 31 first-time All-Stars have been named it's the most since 2016. So if you're not a baseball fan, you guys are missing out. There's a ton of young talent out there in the game right now. And the Astros, of all teams, led the way with six selections. But one of the great things about the All-Star game is we still get at least one player from each team. So everyone's got at least a rooting interest to, to see at least one guy get in there and hopefully do something. You also have the Home Run Derby. That's going to be happening the day before, like always. And Kristen Yelich, Ronald Acuna, Pete Alonzo. I mean, it's going to be a great weekend, and Cleveland will be rocking. The All-Star Game is fantastic. Don't just watch the Home Run Derby. Watch the whole thing. Keeping it with baseball, July the 1st is Bobby Bonilla Day. So happy Bobby Bonilla Day to all you Mets fans out there. And on top of that, one thing I did learn, it's not just the Mets. I found out that the Cincinnati Reds are still paying King Griffey Jr. like $3 million a year right now and Bronson Arroyo. So there's all kinds of stupid contracts out there. But Bobby Bonilla, he's getting his till 2048 or whatever it is, something ridiculous. He's getting paid a long time. So Bobby Bonilla, who hasn't played for almost 20 years, congratulations. You made $1.138 million today. Like I said, we'll get to the NBA free agency free-for-all here in in a little bit. But some of the news of note that came out was the year-end award winners, starting with Giannis getting his first MVP, the Greek freak, checking in at 27.7 points, 12.5 boards, almost six assists, one and a half blocks a game, almost a 31-player efficiency rating. I've been told that's a really good number. Anyway, he walks away with MVP, beating out James Harden and Paul George. Uh, Outside of that, you also had Luka Doncic uh, break in with the uh, Rookie of the Year. Some people were upset that it didn't go to uh, Trey Young. Pascal Siakam got the most improved player, which I think that was uh, probably the the most obvious one for me. Lou Williams won his 18th consecutive Sixth Man of the Year award, and Rudy Gobert got Defensive Player of the Year. And Mike Budenholzer won Coach of the Year. And if you didn't know, Budenholzer just picked up his second Coach of the Year award. He got one back in 2015 for the Atlanta Hawks. So if you don't know, now you know. Last but definitely not least, just trying to wrap up news of the week. 
Something that happened today was was pretty depressing, and, and if everyone out there can just extend your thoughts, your condolences, your prayers, your what, whatever it is you can possibly do. The Anaheim Angels, or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, I believe as they're called, lost a player in Tyler Skaggs. And when we say lost a player, we don't mean to injury or anything like that. The Angels were down in Texas, scheduled to take on the Rangers for a series. And unfortunately, Tyler Skaggs was found unresponsive in his hotel room. For what it's worth, there was no foul play or, or suicide or anything like that related, and the cause is still unclear. But either way you look at this, for a franchise who's already had to deal with this in the past, this is terrible for Angels fans. It's terrible for baseball. It seems like this kind of thing, you know, not maliciously, but yet happens all too often, especially during the season. Props to Major League Baseball for canceling the game and having the wherewithal to understand that this team needs to be with each other and try to sort themselves out as they, they try to move forward with the rest of the season. But most importantly, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the Skaggs family. He was only 27 years old. He had his whole life in front of him. And it's just a tragic thing when you hear something like this happen in the middle of the season. So everyone keep the Angels and the Skaggs family at the forefront of your thoughts and prayers. All right, now time for the fun stuff, and it's no denying where our bread is buttered, and that is on social media, and boy, did we have some fun stuff this week. I'm going to kick it off by talking about Bow Bow. We found fake Adam Wojowski on you know Twitter, and fake Woj put out a tweet about how Bow Bow's draft stock fell because he was like stepbrothers and kept farting in the interview. That in itself was funny because many people thought that when we posted that it was legitimately true. You know what? I'm not saying it's not, maybe he did. Maybe, maybe he was at draft day and all the extra food was, you know, not, not his typical diet. Maybe it happened. Who's to say either way, we're buying that story as being legitimate fact and fake woes is now the real woes. Looking at a couple polls that we had out there for the, we don't know sports nation. Number one, was who would you want to build a hitting lineup based around? And we put out some different names there. And number one came in Mike Trout, which isn't an incredible surprise, but I will give a shout out to Braves country out there, the the Tomahawk Nation or Brave, whatever they're called. Is that the Wahoos? No, I can't remember. Anyway, Freddie Freeman came in a solid number two, very, very close to Mike Trout. In other polls, we also were asking, where is Kawhi Leonard going to go? Again, we're going to get to free agency. As of right now, he hasn't signed anywhere, and the Lakers are in the clubhouse, according to our fans. We also asked about Kevin Durant, though, and everyone said he was going back to the Warriors, so our fans don't know sports. We did come across a video online that had a little girl playing some killer defense and what looked to be about 10-year-old girls basketball, but we pretty much envisioned it to be Pat Beverly guarding Russell Westbrook, so if you haven't seen that, go check it out. It is unbelievable. It's kind of like what I remember playing youth basketball when I was told to guard someone. I remember my coach telling me, I don't care if he goes to the bathroom, you're going to follow him to the bathroom, which is kind of weird. But that's pretty much the same advice this little girl got. So if you haven't seen it, go check out our page. It's pretty, pretty good defense. I'm not going to lie. I'm impressed. So is Pat Beverly. Taking a little trip down memory lane in 1992 this week, A League of Their Own came out. 
And I'm a little mixed on this move. I know a lot of baseball fans are, are huge about it. It has probably one of the best quotes from any movies in. There is no crying in baseball. So give it up for that. But if you want to keep going down memory lane, one of our most popular posts of the week was Ric Flair buying beer. He was buying some brewskis. And most of the comments weren't even related to Ric Flair looking like a young pup back in what appeared to be the early 80s. But it was the price for the six-pack at 277 that got everybody riled up, opining for the days of yesteryear. It wasn't about Ric Flair being in his heyday. It was about the $2.77 price of Coors. Going back to 2003... This was the week that Barry Bonds' home run record baseball got auctioned off back in 03 for $517,500. I'm going to guess it's not worth that much now, but what do I know? I'm just saying with all the stuff that's around Barry Bonds' name, including him not getting into the Hall of Fame, which I don't think is going to happen, that's no uh, that that can't be a good investment. That you got to be kicking yourself if you spent half a million dollars on that baseball. It's ridiculous. Don't buy baseballs in the roid era. It's it's bad news all over it. This week back in 1988, Mike Tyson earned 20 million dollars in 90 seconds. Probably a better investment than what the Barry Bonds baseball was, but we know how Tyson is with money, so he needed all 90 of those seconds to make sure he got that $20 million. Anyway, on top of that, we came across a video of Mike Tyson basically being the entire cast of Family Matters. So if you want a good laugh, go check that out. And I'm telling you, when he comes out as Rachel in Family Matters, it is pretty scary. It's like legitimately looking at something that might be real, but it's definitely a female Mike Tyson. I'm, I'm going to have nightmares about that. That's all we're going to hit at this week for Social Media Rewind because we still got NBA free agency to talk about. We got one more thing we're going to hit in the next segment, and then we're going to free fall into that, so stick around. But as always, don't forget to find us on social media. We're huge on Facebook. We're starting to grow YouTube. We're terrible at Twitter, but Instagram is pretty decent. Make sure you give us a follow, like, click, subscribe, all those good things. Make sure you comment, and you could be just like William down in Fort Worth, Texas, and win the next box of great significance. You never know what's going to happen, so be sure to subscribe. Pay attention to the podcast, share out all our information, and you can be part of the We Don't Know Sports Nation, and you too could win a riot participation trophy, whatever the hell that is. Being a sports fan in 2019 is amazing. We have the access to so many different tools. I mean, just think about like during football season, not only can you go to the bar and watch like all your favorite games, but you personally can have NFL Sunday ticket. And if you're cheap like me, you don't even do that. You can just go on your fire stick and watch them. You can use NFL red zone. I mean, there are tons of things out there that we now have that a generation ago just seems foreign to us. But all that being said, As much as technology has gifted us, there is still nothing quite like going to a ball game in person. Now, one of the things about that is, is you never know when the event you go to is going to be the next big thing. So we put it out there and asked the We Don't Know Sports Universe to tell us what are the best sporting events that they had gone to. And we had tons and tons and tons of comments. I'm just going through the most relevant ones here. And it's just amazing. So we do have some really big sporting events in here that probably everyone would appreciate. 
Canadian Biggie, for example, actually was at the Minneapolis Miracle. I don't know, Vikings fans, if that's the correct term for it or not, but that's the Stephen Diggs game where he catches the ball and scores as time expires in the playoffs against the Saints. So, I mean, that's a tremendous one to be a part of. Now, just going down the list, like throwing off just some random ones, like we got a 2016 Ryder Cup. You know, in here, game six of the 93 NLCS between the, the Phillies and the Braves and, the you know, the guy talking about what it was like to see his dad and his uncles, you know, cry tears of joy and act like kids. Uh, you know, we have uh, the someone meeting the original, the OG Harlem Globetrotters for the first time and how amazing that was. You got a lot of times where people are just mentioning the first NFL game they ever went to or the first NBA game they ever went to. Sometimes you get the stage setters or the scene setters. And, and like Brian Wilson did here, February 2nd, 1995, Durham, North Carolina, double overtime thriller between UNC and Duke, arguably one of the greatest ACC regular season games ever played. Rasheed Wallace and Jerry Stackhouse went nuts. Stackhouse's dunk on Parks and Meeks, Capel's half-court buzzer beater. You would have thought the roof came off that. When Serge effing Zwicker missed two at the line to ice it, I'll never forget the energy of that night. Go Heels. I mean, that's what sports gets to do for us. You know, me personally, you know, I, I put on there a, a game between the Bengals and the Ravens back in 2001 because it was the game after 9-11. And I had gone to the game before the terrorist attack, and then I went to the game as football returned. Uh, you know, two weeks later, and, and it was just surreal, and I'll never forget that that feeling and and the the tension, anxiety, and passion that all filled that stadium that day. It was unbelievable. You know, go, going on down the list, we got a 1993 Notre Dame versus Boston College in South Bend the week after they beat Florida State. Uh, people seeing a home home run hit by Hank Aaron, number seven fourteen, game three of the '99 World Series. You know, all these things are fantastic. And, and what's what's amazing is, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to go to like a playoff game or a Super Bowl or, or something that that crazy. I mean, we got some awesome stories in here. And, and while we get to see all these things on TV, sometimes that personal experience just makes it a different level. And, and there was one that that stood out to me and it, it was from one of our followers. And, you know, he said Arena Bowl. 27 in 2003 and i'm like like who cares right like it's the arena bowl the tampa bay storm versus the arizona rattlers and then all he does is give us one sentence uh you know after that it was the last sporting event that he went to with his dad the storm won my dad succumbed to cancer a year later that's what sports is it's an awesome story. It's tragic, and, and we're so sorry he lost his dad. But he'll forever have that moment and remember that stuff. And the reason why we bring it up is because we love hearing the stories, guys. You know, everybody has that that personal flair, that that moment that that kind of turned them on to sports, and sometimes it happens in person. So if you can find that feed, it's still out there on our Facebook page. Go share comment, post, whatever you can. Keep that thing going. There's tons of comments on there. There's tons of great feedback. And everybody's done a great job keeping it classy. We just want to hear from everybody. And that unique perspective is just unbelievable. So we appreciate you guys uh, sharing out with us. 
And you know what? You, you can always sit on the couch and watch a game. But get out there. Go watch it in person. Spend the money every now and then. Don't break the bank, but have fun and take your kids. You know, if you want to get your kids on sports, go take them to a live sporting event. Make it an event. Make it like a vacation. They'll love it. They'll, they'll, they'll fall in love with whatever game you're trying to show them. As long as you're excited, you see the comments, you hear it, you see how that passion rubs off. You know, don't let it die. Don't become a couch potato. Show up, be a fan, and, and tell us about it. We want to hear it, guys. Thanks for sharing. The only question I have for all of you is what is better, the NBA or the NBA offseason? I mean, you know, we, we sit there and we, we talk about the playoffs and we've been covering that stuff like crazy lately. It rolls into the NBA draft and, you know, the season was pretty exciting. You know, we had some injuries and the Warriors were the unstoppable dynasty and they fell to the Raptors and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's great. I'm telling you, there is nothing better than the NBA offseason. It's kind of like wrestling. It's like the storylines are great. And that's what this is. And then sometimes the matches are terrible and nobody cares. That's the regular season. Sometimes you can have a five-star match and it's great and puts butts in the seats. And then other times, all you care about is the build. And right now, that's what we're getting. We're getting the build, the story. The writers are behind the scenes. They're building the script. They're doing everything they possibly can to make this front-page news. And what's amazing to me is you go to Major League Baseball, big salaries, right, where it took all the way up until, well, for some people, like last week or two weeks ago to actually sign a free agent contract. But in the NBA, oh, no, 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 no. We're not having any of that. There's none of this waiting months and months and months. Free agency started, and literally everybody signed. Well, everybody except for like Kawhi Leonard, because it's is that just the most Kawhi thing you can do? Just not sign after everybody else does. Everybody else in the world has pretty much done what they needed to do, except for Kawhi Leonard, who's just sitting back and letting the dominoes fall. And what's hilarious, it's only down to like three teams, and whichever one doesn't sign him, the the two that don't sign him, like they have nothing left to go spend. There's no free agents out there. Everybody's already been gobbled up. This thing just spirals out of control. So I could sit here and go down the list and we're going to hit some of that here in a second, but the, the obvious, the glaring obvious to me, obviously the Brooklyn Nets had the best signings. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant's probably not going to play next year, but for you to get the haul that you got, that's probably you making the most noise. Now you gave up a little bit too, but at least you're not the Knicks like the Knicks, like, they, they did nothing to really change anything. Now, now I'm, I'm going to get to the Knicks here in a second. But my favorite thing, though, was learning that Bobby Portis from the Knicks makes more money than Tom Brady. Now, before all of you people that come out and want to defend Brady and talk about, well, see how good of a teammate he is? He takes pay cuts. I know all that. But, like, no universe should have Bobby Portis making more money than Tom Brady. That's just it's just insane. The NFL needs to get their act together because you know what? If we had the the free agency cycle, the NFL in the NFL the way the NBA does, 
I mean, then you wouldn't have to worry about like a, another upstart league coming up and the AAF and the XFL trying to give you your football fix to make it through the season, uh, you know, during uh, spring and summer and all that. No, we would just have the offseason. And, you know, NFL offseason was good this year. It was fun. It was great. But come on, it does not compare to the NBA. The NBA is just the best. And, and you know, if you want to go just look at the names you know, Kevin Durant, he signed with the Brooklyn Nets, right? $164 million. Kyrie Irving signs with the Nets for $142 million. Like right there is like over $300 million in two players. Kimball Walker goes to the Celtics, $141 million. Jimmy Butler in some bizarre sign-in trade and all kinds of different ridiculous things ends up down in Miami for $142 million. The Warriors lost Durant. They're going to, you know, retire his number, essentially. I guess they're not hanging up from the rafters, but they're not going to assign anybody the number 35 again. Like, I get that he won a couple MVPs there, but, like, his career is going to be defined by so many different things that, like, the short time he was there in Golden State, like, that's just so bizarre to me. But beyond that, the bizarreness continues D'Angelo Russell ends up going to Golden State as part of a signing trade from the Nets. So, you know, the guy who kind of carried the Nets to the playoffs now is getting a, a pretty good deal to go play with the Warriors. And, and that's going to work out great this year because Klay Thompson's going to be hurt. And then it's interesting to see, like, what happens after that with those three guys in the backcourt. Uh, there's some other guys involved in that. They got shipped to, like, uh, the t- uh, Timberwolves and whatnot. But to me, the one that kind of fell under underneath the radar, but everybody's starting to make a big deal about it now, is Andre Iguodala is no longer on the Golden State Warriors. That lockdown defender, old hat that's been out there killing it for them, slaying guys, making big shots. He's now on the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm sure he's thrilled. And, I, I, you know, that happens to a lot of people uh, as they get into the, the twilight of their career. But, like, come on, man. Not, not AI. Not that AI. Anyway, moving down the list, Al Horford, $109 million. He's on the 76ers. So the guy that went, you know, toe-to-toe with Embiid and was giving him problems and all this stuff, now all of a sudden he's on his team with him for $109 million. Unbelievable. Clay Thompson re-signed with the Warriors. Chris Middleton, listen, Chris Middleton, five years, $178 million. Clay Thompson, $190 million for the five-year deal. Unreal. Christophe Porzingis signed to the Mavs for $158 million over five years. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, J- Jamal Murray signed an extension with the Mavs. Harrison Barnes got $85 million for the Kings. Mark Gasol exercises a $25 million player option. Uh, Paul Millsop, uh, $30 million team option exercised by the Nuggets. The Nuggets decide to exercise a $30 million option on Paul Millsap. Uh, you can just go on and on. Brooke Lopez, J.J. Redick, Patrick Beverly, DeAndre Jordan, Derek Rose, uh, Miritich, uh, Gerald Green, uh, Terrence Ross. I'm starting to get a name. Ricky Rubio, Trevor Ariza, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I mean, Thaddeus Young goes to the Bulls. Rodney Hood, uh, you know, returns to the Trailblazers. 
Tobias Harris, five years, $180 million of the Sixers. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. And then, you know, there's there's uh, Julius Randle, three years, $63 million of the Knicks. You know they're excited. They also got Taj Gibson for $20 million over two years. It's just unreal how much money. $3 billion this weekend. $3 billion has been spent. Or, or at least pledged to be spent to these players. It is insanity. And I know, you know, it's it's just sports, and people are going to get upset. Nobody should ever make that much money. Well, you know what? It's whether they make the money or the owners make the money because they're not going to lower ticket prices. You want to know why they're not going to lower ticket prices? Because people keep showing up. That's just the way it is. And these guys are getting paid, and they are raking it in. And the thing is, like, who who's the team to beat now? I mean, who are you going to talk about? Like, the, the Nets go all in on Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irvin, but Durant probably won't play next year. So that'll be interesting. And then the Knicks allegedly – so now I'm going to talk about the Knicks. So the Knicks allegedly – would not offer a max deal to KD. Now, initially, I'm like, why would you not do that? But then I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? Maybe maybe we're being a little too hasty here on old James Dolan. Well, not really. James Dolan sucks, so I take that back. But the point I'm trying to make is the Knicks knew they weren't going to get Durant at a certain point or, or whatever. They got scared off by the injury. So for the past year and a half, all you heard was about how they were going to get Kevin Durant well, now with an Achilles injury, he's 31 years old. Maybe they had to change a heart. Now, the Knicks, th- this stuff doesn't matter unless they come out next year in free agency and, and you really do some damage. I'm I'm understanding of the wait and see approach. You know, you know, if you want to figure it out, get get your guys drafted that you want to draft, go after the rookies and and get get some free agents to help you be somewhat, you know, relevant which i'm not sure they really even did that but the the point is maybe they can make up for it next year look what the 76ers did right trust the process trust the process maybe the knicks have a process i doubt it's ever going to amount to anything more than an eighth seed because that's just the way the knicks have been for the past 20 years but you know it's one of those things that you just sit there and shake your head Mr. Brown posted probably my favorite thing of the day, and that was the fans' expectations. And this is what I had, the starting five for the New York Knicks, the the New York Knicks' expectations. Get Kyrie, get KD, draft Zion. While you're at it, let's play Thanos at power forward and Godzilla at center. I mean, that's literally how the Knicks were feeling. They thought that's the team they were going to build. Instead... They end up with Bullock, Barrett, Portis, Gibson, and Randall. Now, maybe they can win 40 games with that team. I don't know. But if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be just sitting there thinking, why am I a Knicks fan? So it leads us to where we're at now. Kawhi Leonard is still a free agent. I, I just went through at least 25 names. Probably could have done a lot more. I skipped over a lot of names. I didn't think you were that interested in Looney coming back to Golden State at a discount. But Kawhi Leonard has yet to sign. And honestly, it's really just down to the Raptors, 
the Lakers and the Clippers. I don't see how he's going to the Lakers, how they're going to – I don't even know what they can offer him. Now, maybe somebody works out some type of sign-and-trade with Toronto because, you know, they got the rights to his contract. They can do the Supermax deal. But what's ridiculous is now the Lakers have nothing to offer. They have nothing to offer to get somebody like that in a sign-and-trade. So the Clippers definitely hold more talent as far as that goes. I'm starting to think he might end up back in Toronto. You know, and and I, I need to brush up on, on my Canadian taxes but the the one thing I was looking at earlier is with Steph Curry, who is the highest paid player in the NBA this past year at $34.6 million. Living in California, his take-home pay is only $15 million and some change. He pays more money out in taxes and to his agents and different things like that than he actually makes. So I guess you got to spend money to make money. I don't know. Anyway, that's the great saga now. What's going to happen with Kawhi? And is he even going to make an announcement this week? Is he going to be our Bryce Harper, Manny Machado of the NBA? Is he going to make everybody sweat it out and just sit out there and bide his time and see what type of craziness happens? I don't know. Either way, the NBA free agent cycle is fantastic. It's like you you're sitting there waiting on 6 o'clock Eastern to hit when they open up free agency. And a lot of this stuff isn't finalized yet. I guess you can't do the trades and all these things until, I guess, uh, next Saturday or something like that. But just un uncanny just movement out there. And if, and if you go look at, at the top 30 available players, the, the only ones left are Kawhi, like we talked about. DeMarcus Cousins is still out there. I'm not sure what's trying to be worked out there. Uh, Danny Green is out there if you if you really want to get excited about that. And then everybody else has been signed. Everybody else is done. There's no Dallas Keiko and Craig Kimbrell waiting to the middle of June to find a team. Like that that's not happening here. It is fast, furious, and, and it's a frenzy, and it's fantastic. Outside of that and everything else, all I gotta say is I appreciate guys like Woj. Not fake Woj talking about bowl bowl farting and job interviews for NBA teams, but the real Woj out there and all the work and the and the stream that came across my phone and all the things I got to see instantaneously. What a time it is to to watch stuff like this transpire. Now we get to hear all the behind the scenes stories that are going to unravel and come out over the next coming weeks and months. And you know what? It'll be the NBA season here before you know it. But you know what? The regular season is just kind of, eh, we'll wait till we get to the, the playoffs. And then, you know, we'll get a new NBA champion next year. But then the fun will begin all over again when we get to July 1st, 2020, baby. That's the NBA right there. It's not about the season. It's not about the finals. It's about the summer. So what do you have to look forward to next year? I mean, Hell, we didn't even talk about Anthony Davis in this show, and he was part of this whole frenzy that happened in the offseason, but he will be a free agent next year. You know who else will? Draymond Green, Andre Drummond, DeMar DeRozan, Gordon Hayward, Gallinari, Mark Gasol, Cal Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Paul Millsap, Ben Simmons maybe, Brandon Ingram, Buddy Hield, Pascal Siakam. 
And that's just where we stand right now. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Don't forget, find us on Facebook. We don't know sports. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message. And if you want to come on the show and talk about your team or if you want to talk about anything happening in NBA free agency, shoot us a direct message. Let us know. We'd love to have any true diehard fan on the show. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.